0: Hi, this is Goldie from Village Piff Cooperative. And I just wanted to point out the obvious double standard here for Governor Baker and Representative Kane. I think we really have
1: to put an end to the stigma of cannabis. And let's compare side by side and see what the police reports say when it comes to domestic violence was alcohol, included or was a joint you know it's just it's fine for them to drink in front of kids have ads on tv the governor drinking his beer on tv and yet we're worried about whether kids see a picture of a weed leaf an actual plant i i just can't get with a double standard i'm mad as hell and i'm not gonna take this anymore that was this week In Massachusetts cannabis, it seemed like uh, it's been boiling up for a while. We've been reporting, we've been interviewing, we've been speaking to applicants who have been waiting for cannabis licenses for quite a long time in Massachusetts, uh, both having problems at the local level, but as well at the state, the State Cannabis Control Commission. We're going to talk about that tonight on this episode of The Young Jerks. We're also going to uh, talk about the the bill as well that everyone has uh, been sending us voice messages about that they're opposed to the new Prohibition 2.0. That's the where this week started on Tuesday. Massachusetts Cannabis Control Commissioner McBride testified in support of this new bill that would create a new cannabis task force. Even though that we have a DEA, an FBI, uh, Massachusetts State Police and all the local police departments in Massachusetts, they want to create a new task force just re- just for one thing, one thing and one thing only marijuana, cannabis, sativa they also want to f- set up new civil fines, they don't want to go criminal they want to go civil and uh, it, when you get fined uh, lots and lots of money and you can't pay it, I'm pretty sure those civil fines might go criminal at some point that, that's what was proposed. That was what the Cannabis Control Commissioner was pushing this week. Instead of actually doing what all of our listeners have been asking for, what all the applicants that have been asking for, or what all these voice that we've been playing have been asking for, which is to open up the market to, to license many more places, the CCC decides after three years of this BS that they're going to now look at, uh, <laughs> at cracking down On the illicit market that they've largely helped create with the slow rollout of cannabis. And especially to exclusively at this point, mostly to big cannabis. 99% of the applicants so far that have been licensed, the ones that are open recreationally and medically in Massachusetts, is big cannabis. We're going to talk about that tonight. Because that's where the week started on Tuesday. Tuesday. And then something happened towards the end of the week. Uh, it's the, I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. That's the feeling in this community at this point. And, and basically, uh, you know, someone stood up. Someone stood up for the whole community. They stood up for their business. They stood up for themselves. But they also stood up for other economic empowerment applicants, too. And I feel like if you've watched a movie, Network, it was that moment this week. It, in. in It's funny because other applicants have been hinting around, uh, I think that we're totally unrelated, that something may happen, and I just feel like there was just that feeling in the air that people have just had enough of waiting and paying these mortgages, and what's going on right now is that Big Cannabis has the money to make sure their applications get in the right way and get speedily approved. And oftentimes, that's with medical cannabis. They have a loophole that they get in first. <laughs> so they've been using that loophole. And some of them haven't even been going medical, even though they applied for medical. It's, it's almost a scam at this point. And big cannabis is going through. Uh, just this week, it was announced. First pot shop on Cape Cod approved by cannabis regulators. This is in Massachusetts. It's Cureleaf. Leaf that is owned, apparently, by Russian... Oligarchs, <laughs> or Ukrainian oligarchs, we don't even know. But it's Putin money, <laughs> related to Rudy Giuliani and the impeachment of uh, President Trump. In some ways, it's crazy. Uh, the Cure Leaf, which is one of the biggest companies uh, that has you know international, uh, they've been skirting laws all over the place. They're the first ones to get to open on Cape Cod. You know, this is big cannabis. This is as big cannabis as you can get. You know, you can use the funny Putin, Vladimir Putin money to open, but uh, when you're small, you don't get the luxuries of a cure leaf to be able to open the first dispensary in Cape Cod. So someone stood up this week, and uh, basically what happened at the Cannabis Control Commission, in light of all this, in light of this ignoring us for months and just years at this point, Cannabis Control Commission cuts first Worcester meeting short after outburst. And basically, the whole meeting got shut down. I'm going to read some of this. This is from uh, Telegram.com by Susan Spencer, Telegram and Gazette staff. Uh, Worcester, the State Cannabis Control Commission, had two firsts on Thursday. The commission's first public meeting in Worcester following its headquarters moved to Union Square, Union Station, from Boston over Thanksgiving weekend. And the first-time chairman Stephen Hoffman had joined a meeting before its business was complete. (laughs) Uh, just to cut to the chase yeah, the abrupt end to the meeting left 31 applicants who were on the agenda to receive provisional licenses in limbo, having to wait to move forward. Hoffman said that he would commit a public uh, hearing likely in January when the commission could cover the topic of priority re- review for economic empowerment applicants. But under the state's open meeting law, he it could not only act on meet, uh, matters not on the posted agenda. So basically what happened is... Uh, Leah Daniels got up and she interrupted the meeting and said, I want to be heard today. I'm sick of waiting. It's been two years since my initial application was sent in with the state. Uh, economic empowerment applicant, I'm priority applicant, and here you are just approving big cannabis after big cannabis. And there's so many of us waiting here under economic empowerment, and we're not the first in line. We're, we're the last in line. And she called it out. And, uh, you know, Daniels of Roxbury filed their application for priority economic empowerment status as a minority-owned, veteran-owned, women-owned, LGBTQ-owned business. She said she's been waiting 610 days, nearly two years, for the commission to act, while other general applicants have received approval as quickly as in four months. And we've been reporting this on our show Um Specifically, and not even us, it's just the guests that we've had on, that we've interviewed. You know, Ed D'Souza, Andrew Muddy, um, the folks from uh, you know the River Run Gardens, Beantown, Greentown, as well as uh, some of our other friends. Um, you know, you've uh, seen uh, Nate Andrade, Averill Andrade, Between the Rows, I'm trying to think of some other ones, uh, Wicked Frosty Farms. I mean, we could go on and on so many of these applicants are paying a lot of money for a business mortgage right now, commercial rent in Massachusetts. You know how hard it is just to rent a place to live right now. Can you imagine how hard it is to pay a mortgage on a commercial space in Massachusetts for one of these proposals, one of these applications that you have in, with all this money and time spent on the application process, and you have to pay a monthly rent but you have no income and you know you don't know how long you're gonna have no income. And you don't know if the cannabis control commission is ever gonna rule on your application. And basically they don't communicate with you. Their staff is just like the way they treat us patients, which is terrible. We've talked about how they treat our patients. How do you think they're treating their applicants? And that's what Leah Daniels got up and spoke about. And it was epic. Uh, what happened was four of the commissioners walked out. The usual four and Chalene Title stayed and listened to the whole thing. Um, I think it's shocking that they canceled their meeting, that they couldn't even listen to this woman and just say, you know what, we're going to listen to you so we can we can move on and we can uh, deal with the other applicants, the provisional licenses. It's just amazing that they canceled the meeting. When when the concern is that they're moving too slowly, they cancel a meeting where they're going to have... Uh, 31 applicants on the agenda. It's unbelievable. And and their whole excuse, it's like they're following the rules too closely in a way. Uh, at this point, they're way behind. Uh, they've, they've cornered themselves in boxes. This is the Massachusetts government, the bureaucracy way. And they've really screwed up on many angles. And now the chickens have come home to roost. We've been expecting this for a while. Uh, the next meeting is not going to be after the, after the new year. Uh, January 16th it appears. It's like, you know what? if this happened, you should have a meeting the next day, the next day you can announce it maybe two days, you know three days if you have to publicly announce it, but uh, this cannabis control Commission needs to go into overdrive and that means hiring more staff and to actually not just uh, go to what Hoffman is trying to say is like, oh, we're gonna put out a video. Uh, we're gonna have a little hearing to, to to cool off the you know you know cool it off a little bit and have a hearing hear people out. No, you need action. People are tired of wasting their time, wasting their money, driving into Boston to speak to you again and have you not listen to them. You need to actually take action, and that's what on Tuesday, uh, Commissioner McBride speaking uh, in support of more prohibition, more attack of the cannabis community. Uh, more attack of the so-called illicit market that helps medical patients more than the Cannabis Control Commission does. When that happened on Tuesday, don't kid yourself that that didn't have an effect on what happened on Thursday because people are tired of the double standards and the double talk where this market is only legal right now for big cannabis like Cureleaf. And so We're looking forward to uh, playing more audio tonight. We've got a lot of audio for you uh, from some voicemails about that bad bill, uh, number one. And number two, we're going to play Julia Mejia. Uh, Excuse me. Julie Julia Mejia is the uh, Boston City Councilor-elect that we've had on our show three times. Julie Mejia is an applicant who is uh, business partners with Leah Daniels, who... uh, you know, did the protest, that's what we'll call it, a protest at the Cannabis Control Commission this week. Uh, she left us a voicemail uh, that we played on our last episode. We're going to play that again so people can hear that. She is a business partner of Leah Daniels. She left a voicemail for us about the bad bills and about some of the things that she's been experiencing. Uh, we're actually going to have both of them, hopefully, on our show very soon. Uh, we're still working it out with uh, Leah on a date Uh, and, you know, whether it's going to be a podcast or a live show appearance. And the same with Julia, Julie, excuse me, I keep saying Julia, Julie Mejia. We are also have a tentative date for her to be on the show as well. So we're going to be talking to both of them uh, very soon. And any applicants, if any applicants want to speak up on this and come on the show, we're definitely going to have open invitation to them all uh, and definitely be talking to Ed D'Souza, reaching out to him again. Uh, We're definitely supporting... The applicants on this, 100%. Uh, We do feel bad that 31 were delayed. I'm sure some of them, hopefully, weren't all big cannabis. But this is just remarkable that someone put it all on the line and said enough is enough, and it's not that surprising. Even though it is remarkable what happened, it's not that surprising considering all that's at stake and all that's happened so, we're going to keep reporting it. Young Jerks. Please like, subscribe, review, uh, follow us on Twitter, Facebook. We also have a Facebook group on, uh, yeah, Facebook. Young Jerks, definitely join the group. Young Jerks will be back on Sunday. Uh, we have a big show. We did take off this weekend. Uh, we're going to have a big live show. Uh, we definitely have Mara Dolan. On the show, we're going to be very excited to talk to her about local politics and uh, some big campaigns that she's worked on and uh, is currently working on. Hey,
2: Mike Eric Schwartz here. This is a uh, co founder of Farm Bug Cooperative. I don't think I've had the opportunity to contribute to content uh, yet to your show, but I uh, just want to let you know that I've um, certainly been, um, you know, catching. Uh, the shows that I can, uh, and and thank you for all the work that you've been doing. Um, You had contacted me, I think, specifically around uh, Commissioner McBride's testimony uh, to the Joint Committee on Marijuana Policy uh, this week, um, related specifically to Bill H4168, which is an act to enforce um, against unlicensed um, marijuana operators, Um, You know, it's it's the usual sort of backwards move by the government, uh, in my opinion. Um, You know, we've been fighting very, very hard on the ground uh, as advocates and and small local players for, um, you know, creating avenues for um, the illicit market to get into the regulated market. I've done a lot of work uh, on the ground. Um, And certainly, you know, one of the avenues I'm trying to do is is create our co-op, quite frankly, and get our co-op off the ground uh, so that we can, um, you know, help um, farmers that have grown marijuana and help, um, you know, small producers um, get into the marketplace. And, um, you know, for me, uh, Bill, uh, h 4168, um, is you know, another uh, move by the government to essentially, you know, crack down on on illicit operators rather than, you know, do their job, quite frankly, which is to create those pathways and avenues, um, you know, for operators to achieve success, basically. Um, You know, if I may, I'd like to go back to a bill that was passed shortly after question four um, was passed by the people of Massachusetts. Um and uh what many folks may not know, but maybe some of your listeners know that shortly after the people of Massachusetts, the voters of Massachusetts passed uh question four, um there was a closed door session um that was held in our legislatures at the state house. Um and what happened during that session was Bill H forty three twenty-six was passed, which was an act further regulating the cultivation of marijuana um And what what that act essentially did um, was make it such that marijuana uh, was not considered agriculture. Um, And at that point, um, what that meant was uh, the zoning code or or law basically in Massachusetts was changed such that marijuana was not considered agriculture. And uh, at that point, municipalities Uh, basically um, through local zoning could prevent farmers and and from farmland participating in the cannabis industry. Why I'm mentioning this in relation to what happened recently with Commissioner McBride testifying in front of the Joint Committee is, um, you know, that bill that was passed behind closed doors and and there was no roll call taken um, was also, um, you know, lobbied for by these these same organizations um, like the Commonwealth Dispensary Association, the CDA, um, that is, you know, supporting bills like uh, 4168. Um, And, you know, what's pretty ironic to me is um again, this is this is essentially all backwards. I mean all of the the testimony that advocates have done throughout the last you know three plus years since question four has passed was to bring down barriers to accessing the market. Um, all of us local folks, all the local farmers, you know, all the communities impacted by the war on drugs, the the, the black and brown people that we know have been put in jail at, Disproportionate, greatly disproportionate rates um, have all told our legislature, the Cannabis Control Commission, the Cannabis Advisory Board, that the best way that they can help us is bring down barriers to accessing uh, licenses basically at the state level. Um, There's bills that can help us. (laughs) Um, And and I have the name of those bills. Um, You know, for one, um, Bill H3519 is an act clarifying the definition of agriculture that would define marijuana as agriculture. You know, that's in the joint committee right now that would help local farmers. Um, there's, you know, another bill around host community agreements, uh, bill S, uh, one, one, two, six, um, an act relative to host community agreements that would allow the cannabis uh, control commission to oversee host community agreements. And, you know, I'm certainly fighting for a a level playing field for all. Um, what I want to see uh, around host community agreements is that we all operators and, and I'm talking about every single operator, local operators, um, currently licensed dispensaries. Um, 3% means 3%. And I don't want to see any more host community agreements signed that that give payments to local governments above that. It doesn't help anyone um, across the board. And I want a level playing field for all. Um, so again, I mean, these are bills that, that are stuck in committee right now um, that I'm certainly adv- advocating for. I'm trying to get other folks Um, To advocate for these bills. These are bills that will help us. These are bills that will bring down those barriers that will allow local farmers to access the industry, that will create a level playing field for um, communities um, impacted by the war on drugs, black and brown people that have been thrown in jail um, at uh, much greater rates, uh, quite frankly, than Caucasians. I mean, we know what the the evidence is. And, And, you know, unfortunately, to to see a you know a member of the cannabis control commission, Commissioner McBride, I, I'm just very disappointed um, that uh, you know a commissioner feels that that this is the route to go when there's actually bills that that she could be advocating for, like the ones that I've mentioned that um, actually help reduce barriers and, and don't take this sort of you know aggressive. Um, um, approach towards the illicit market and the gray market. Um, I mean, again, we're talking about access here. We want to create pathways, excuse me, we want to create pathways um, for for individuals that are, you know, existing in the illicit market or, or gray market areas, um, the barriers are, are still very great um, at both a local level and the state level. Um, I might argue they're, they're maybe even greater at the local level currently because, you know, that's where we're seeing the most, um, uh, you know... Um, the, the most the, the highest payments that are being made basically in host community agreements you know essentially which which is a huge challenge uh, for local operators um, so so there's a lot going on you know currently the, at the local level preventing local operators for for accessing the industry and to see sort of you know at the state level now this kind of quote unquote crackdown push um, rather than the commission supporting the bills. Um, you know, that I already mentioned, um, you know, like Bill H-4326 that would define marijuana as agriculture and help a lot of our fo- uh, local farmers um, is, you know, again, a backwards approach to me. I- I'm disappointed uh, in the commission. I'm disappointed in Commissioner McBride. I- I'm-, I'm-, I'm sorry that, that she feels the need to go this route and to testify in front of our legislature, um, you know, for that specific bill. Um, I, uh, as you know, have been advocating recently for an organization that would lobby specifically for small players, lobby specifically for our interests. Um, I don't think personally the, the Commonwealth Dispensary Association is doing any favors to the industry as a whole. Um, And I'm talking about the industry as a whole. I I honestly believe that I don't think they're even doing themselves any political favors currently. So uh, I I support a lobbyist organization um, that will help the small players in our needs, um, help the needs of advocates that have been fighting for years uh, for this. I've certainly been fighting since question four has been passed. Um, you know, the CDA can either get on our page or we'll create our own organization, basically. Uh, I'd be happy, Mike, to come in eventually to, to discuss that with you. Um, you know, I know we've, we've discussed it just briefly before. Um, you know, I certainly have ideas on what that lobbyist organization would look like um, that, that would help small local players. Um, you know, I can't say that that we're there yet, obviously. It's, it's something that I'm, I'm talking to other uh, local small player entrepreneurs about. You know, what I can say is I, I've gotten a lot of good feedback you know, around this idea. I think that we need to move forward together as a group to combat, you know, what we're seeing there out, you know, again, at the state level, the local level. Um, and, you know, I'm certainly ready to, to talk as, to as many people as I can about this, about this idea. Be happy to come on your show. Um, and I guess just in closing, uh, Mike, I'd just like to thank you, um, you know, for all your work uh, that you're doing. Um, you know, I, I hope that your audience can, you know, um, continue to be engaged, continue to hear what's what's going on. Um. And, uh, you know, I can be reached, um, you know, I'll just toss it out there at Eric uh, at farmbug.coop. You know, if anyone has any specific questions for me, uh, but just keep up the fight, Mike. And, um, you know, again, when, when I do have availability, um, I'll happily um, come on your show. Um, and just lastly, you know, unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend the joint committee. Um, I believe it was yesterday. You know, I have a day job, uh, too, uh, and I can't always necessarily be at the state house during the day. Um, Why I say that in closing is because there's a lot of people uh, like myself um, that are local entrepreneurs um, of all shapes and sizes and colors and, and, you know, don't necessarily have the financial backing of millions and millions, but we're really smart people. We're working very hard um you know even if we don't necessarily have the ability to come to the state house you know I'm still going to send my thoughts to the joint committee over over email and and I'll likely be at the next time the CCC has you know hearings with the public um and I will you know point out to commissioner McBride that I don't think that that was a good idea to to go this route rather than the route of um you know, bringing down the barriers to access for small players. Um, so, uh, you know, again, thank you, uh, for all your work and, and I hope this information is, is helpful to your audience. This is big Ed. And I just want to comment that creating another police task force is redundant. We have state, local, DEA, FBI, etc., responsible for our cannabis laws. Using this same bill proposal should be the same as creating another police task force for underage alcohol, tobacco, etc. We do not need another task force. We have sufficient authorities to oversee the laws.
0: Hi, everyone. My name is Julie Mejia, and I live here in Massachusetts. I was born and raised here. Um, I was directly affected um, by the opioid crisis. Uh, back in 2013, I was a director in a nonprofit agency and got injured by a client at work um, and developed a rare reaction to my injuries called RSD. And RSD is called uh, reflex sympathetic dystrophy, and the only treatment option for it, as we know of right now, is opiate use. Um, I was put on every opiate you can think of, and not only did they not make me better and help with my pain management, but they made me extremely sick. So the only option after trying every opiate, uh, was ketamine infusion treatments. That was my only course of action that I was given by my pain management specialist. And I said, there's no way, there's no way I'm going to pump my body full of chemicals like that. So with the holistic approach and cannabis, I've been able to make an almost full recovery with my injuries. Um, I was told that I should go apply for SSDI and call it a day that I probably never walk again properly and with cannabis I've been able to heal. Um, That's a huge thing um, for me you know and I started getting involved um, in supporting you know legalization and advocating for cannabis throughout New England and throughout the United States. Um, I've worked as an activist here in New England. for a few years now and also have some work in Washington and Oregon as well. I worked for Right to Grow uh, a couple years back helping them with some of their stuff but there's something that we really need to address here in the state of Massachusetts is having politicians um, blatantly um, make dangerous comments about cannabis and uh, how they're basically demonizing it and supporting things that are very unhealthy like alcohol for existence for example uh, Hannah Kane a representative in the Worcester County area offices uh, she's publicly come out and stated her disgust for the cannabis industry Um, never made any uh, you know factual uh, representations for this nothing um, but an opinion yet Uh, We know that alcohol is not only detrimental to a person's health and well-being, but it kills thousands a year, Um, you know, medically related or alcohol related injuries from drunk driving, that sort of thing. Um, You know, Governor Baker has also been on the bandwagon with that as well. Um, He's come out and been very vocal about being anti-cannabis, yet he's pushed for more liquor licenses throughout the state when we have thousands of people waiting in the pipeline to get their cannabis licenses that's not okay with me and it's not okay with a lot of people here in massachusetts Uh, the people voted uh, on question four it passed um, and now they're dragging their feet Uh, so you know i have a huge issue with this and so many other people do as well Um, i think it's disgusting and uh, cannabis should not be demonized it has killed no one It's helped significantly uh, individuals like myself and um, so many others avoid using opiates, avoid using alcohol, things that are detrimental to your health and toxic to your body. Um, And that needs to change. We need to change the mindset of today's society. And we start with the politicians because the politicians are supposed to represent the voice of the people and they're not doing that. So, um, you know, Hannah Kane and uh, Governor Baker, you know, uh, if you guys want to ever see and remain in office, that needs to change. um, Whether you support it or not, there are tons of people out there that do, and it helps a lot of people. So, you know, give the people what they ask for and do your jobs. You know, question four passed a couple years ago already. This is not okay to wait this long and have so many people uh, waiting to get opened. Uh, it's just, it's not okay. Thank you so much.